Over 60,000 songs are added to Spotify every day, and I'm here to make sure you don't miss any of the good ones. From independent artists just starting out to seasoned vets in the industry, this interview-style podcast highlights artists whose music you don't want to miss. Make sure to follow along to the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist to hear tracks from artists featured on the show. You're listening to Music You're Missing. My name is Brendan Gennetti, and today we're speaking with Hoodie Allen. I am so excited about this because I have genuinely been such a longtime listener of Hoodie, and I have watched him evolve and savagely navigate the ever-changing music industry as a now-independent artist. Hoodie is calling in at such a crazy time, too, by the way, because he's gearing up for the release of his first project in three years. And not only that, but this project serves as a complete sonic changeup for Hoodie, as it's his first full pop-punk project. Now, don't get me wrong, he's dabbled with the genre in the past, especially with his collab with State Champs. So the shift definitely seems like authentic. And to be honest, the two tracks that I've heard are so, so good. The project was led with the lead single, Wouldn't That Be Nice? And he literally just dropped a new track called Call Me Never Today, (laughs) the day the episode goes live. So you can listen to both and see Hoodie's handsome face streaming on the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist right now. If you dig what you hear, you can catch him on tour this August. More details in the show notes. And before we get Hoodie on the line, I've got some free stuff for you because this episode is presented by BeatStars. BeatStars is the world's number one digital music marketplace to buy and sell beats. BeatStars allows music creators to sell their products worldwide from beats, loops, and sound kits to vocals, lyrics, graphic design, and video editing. And this isn't just any old platform, by the way. Dozens of top-charting songs from the past years were made on BeatStars or created by BeatStars producers, including the literal longest-running number one ever, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. So whether you're an independent artist, singer, songwriter, rapper, A&R, or label, there are millions of beats available to you on BeatStars in any genre or style. And you can also distribute your music through BeatStars, making this a great all-in-one platform. So BeatStars is free to use for beginners, but you know BeatStars is hooking our listeners up because Music You're Missing listeners can get a free one-month premium subscription to their own virtual music store by going to beatstars.com slash MYM and using the code MYM free. Again, that is beatstars.com slash MYM and the code is MYM free for one month premium subscription to your own virtual music store. You can find the link in our show notes right now. And without further ado, I am so happy and honored to bring you Hoodie Allen on Music You're Missing. How's it going, Hoodie? Going well, man. Going well. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I I saw last night, I was like in bed half asleep, your trivia show on TikTok Live. Oh my God. Please tell me you weren't there for that. Oh, I was there. I was there for the whole damn thing. That was iconic. I love my, I think my favorite (laughs) part is the questions coming to you on the fly. Um, You know, sometimes I get these ideas to do these little live streams, whether it's TikTok or Instagram and the concept in my head makes so much sense. And then the actual preparedness that I have given into this process, not very much so. So I'm doing a trivia, a trivia show, but I got no trivia. <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, for five dollars, uh what is the color my favorite color? So yeah, it's not 
It's not the best, but yeah. it, people like it. Hey, I loved it. I was entertained. Um, but hey, this is a very exciting time for you. This is like the longest time you've had since releasing a, a full-blown project. And now we're about to be in, in release mode. We're about to be on tour. How are we feeling? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm feeling it. I feel like I'm back in the swing of things. Every day there's like a, a laundry list of to-do things that you you can never possibly get through. But it's all it's all for stuff that I love, thankfully. Yeah. Um, preparing for this tour, getting ready for people to hear this whole album, dropping new music. It's it's the stuff that I love. So it's uh, it's good stress, I would say. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, are, are we like officially like full time preparing right now or are we are we about oh, to yeah. get there? Yeah, we're in it. No, yeah, we 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 I think we've been there since May. Um, just especially, <laughs> especially with like, uh, announcing this tour and just getting everything straight for it, logistically band rehearsals, artwork for album, just, it's a, it's a, you know, that's just kind of the, the, like the good and the bad of being very independent as an artist. I take yeah. on a lot of these hats. Um, but it's also an amazing experience. You mentioned rehearsals. I wanted to talk to you about that because I feel like I, granted, I've only heard two songs on the new project, but I feel like because it's more pop punk, it must be a little bit more intense for your vocals. Do you have to prepare differently for this tour? It's so funny that you mentioned that because I I've recently started taking vocal lessons for that exact reason. Where not that I'm like this insane vocalist, but uh, I I definitely wanted to think about vocal health and the strain and and just prepare myself because I haven't played a show since right before the pandemic. This is my first tour back. Wow. So it is kind of a shock to your body when you go from zero to like full on performance mode, five shows a week. So yeah, there's, there's always been a rock element to the live show. Like mm -hmm. we've always played with a band. I've always loved having a band, even when most of the music was kind of rooted in like hip hop. I still love the band feel. Um, but this will be, this will be a true test. So it should be awesome. Yeah, what are those? What are those like vocal exercises look like for you? Oh, you know, a lot of like silly noises that are that <laughs> open up the 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 pipes and and get it going. The all the treatments for vocal health are just you looking ridiculous, like little things, you know, just the the norm. I love it. I'm I'm excited to see the show. You're kicking off in Boston. That's where we're based. So I'm yeah. that's going to be your first show back. Yeah, Boston is always usually the very beginning or the very end because um, I'm a New York guy, so we tend to end on the East Coast. But I, I got to say, at this point, I mean, Boston is amazing. It's it has been amazing. It's it was the first show on the tour to sell out, which is great because it's like what a relief. You start off with a, a sold out banger. It's uh it's such it's such a blessing. Truly, I'm like I'm just excited to see people again, uh, to to play shows again, to have like there's like this great feeling that comes when you get to play these new songs for the first time. And although I, I'm, I'm like doing this tour to like celebrate all American being out for 10 years and just to be back in front of the fans, I'm also really excited to play some of these new songs that they've never heard before live and see, all right, is this resonating? What's the reaction? Like that's always my favorite part. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned the new songs, we're kind of switching it up a bit. We're, we're doing a, a pop punk sound now and i mean i feel like that came so naturally for you just having like i said been a fan of your music there was kind of always that there's always that element inside of you so i think the transition was so like organic how like what led you to pursue this kind of pop punk and also this vulnerable project 
Yeah, I mean, uh, just just basically, I, I like to try to write from the very current emotions of of real life. And when I was writing this record, it was a time where I was going through like a bit of a weird ending to a relationship where you know it's not fully done, but it is done, mm. and but you're still talking. And I'm sure. Well, I hope you haven't been there, but <laughs> it's a. It's, but it's a thing, you know, where it it it, it was very. Um, I don't want to say frustrating, but it, it led to a lot of creative output, I'll say. Yeah. And the, and the direction of that creative output felt different than uh, my typical music, which I would say, like, you know, is, is very carefree and, I don't know, aspirational or summary or all these adjectives that I certainly wasn't in the mindset for. So I just, I wanted to push myself to write something that was very real and very honest to what I was experiencing and um collaborating with my buddy nick from the rex he lives in that alternative world he lives in that indie world indie rock pop punk pop rock so i think those influences naturally sort of um combined with my inclinations in that world as well and we just kind of moved in that direction a little bit it just felt like that's what the songs wanted yeah i mean where you are taking on such like different themes with this are you a little like nervous to share it um it's so weird uh, because when I wrote these songs, I was, they were like sort of like the soothing aspect to like the anxiety that I was feeling in my life. So just having these songs was such a, was such like a, um, almost like a, a part of closure for me mm-hmm. to write them. Um, and I've, I've had them for a little bit. I held on to them more than I normally would. So I, I was so happy with them and I had no perspective of, oh, well, at some point I have to release these to people and, and get other people's feedback. I like, I was, I, um, I was nervous, but honestly, I'm just, I don't think there's anything that I could like, even if people were like, Oh, we don't like this sound from you. Like, I'm so excited that I made it Yeah. that I don't, I don't know that it, it could change anything. But so far I was like, especially with, wouldn't that be nice? It was like a, um, really awesome feedback from the fans. Like so many people that were like, I needed this in my life right now. And you know, it makes it all worthwhile when you hear stuff like that. I feel like that must be so validating for yourself just to be able to put music out that you just like and you don't really care what others think. Have you ever felt that way, you know, prior to this release? Yeah, I mean, I think I always I always feel that way. That's always the goal. But there's a point when you have to turn on like the, okay, well, you've created something, but now you got to put on your marketing brain, right? Yeah. Now you're go- now you're going into promo mode and release mode, and that's a whole different thing. And I think that process can cause some of those fears or those that nervousness because ah, oh, will this will this do well? Will people like it? What should I make the music video look like? You know, and and you just sort of kind of turn on this other switch. I I really felt um, less of that this time. Just even though the music is so different, it felt like wow, like what an opportunity. Like maybe this is going to change. Uh, some people who think they know exactly what my music sounds like, they feel they hear this and they go, "Oh, I shit, I didn't realize like you do this too." Like, yeah. I'm kind of a fan of it. Or or like just the natural growing up process with like you know, someone who is a who's been a fan of mine since they were 16 and now they're 24 right now, like they might be growing in the same way that I've grown and not want to listen to the same exact music from 8 years ago, even if it still holds like a special part of their life. Like I hope to continue growing with those people uh, as they grow up. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I think I'm one of those people. I'm 25 now, but I, I think I definitely started listening to you. When I, I knew that. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, I, was like I did my research. But no, I, I feel you. I think that's great. Like, no offense, but like, I don't want you to put out what you put out eight years ago. Like, I want to yeah. hear what you're up to now and what inspires you now. I mean, I'm sad that it was a breakup, but I'm happy that uh, we're in the we're in the closure period and that you're finally putting it out in the world. Yeah, I mean, there's something that's really cool about kind of detailing a specific a specific experience for yourself and then realizing there's so many elements of it that are just wholly relatable to others. Um, and you're like, ah, I guess we're all living the same life here. But yeah. it's it, it but it's true. It's like you know, um, these are things that the human experience, the human condition, I mm-hmm. suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned that you were celebrating 10 years of all American on this tour. What does that mean in terms of the tour? Are you, are you playing the whole album? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I've, I've sort of said it online that I was going to play the whole album. I really think people just want to hear like six out of the eight songs. <laughs> I would say there's two songs that are just decidedly less popular than the others, but I'm going to put it up to a fan poll. I really like to kind of get the feedback from the people who are coming because at the end of the day, like, the tour isn't really about me. It is about the fans. Mm-hmm. So I always want to make sure like, hey, if there, are, if there are songs that people are like, you need to put this back on the set list, I want to know about that. And I want to, I want to make sure to sort of reinvent that song live so they can be surprised and have a great time. Well, hey, you say that you care so much about the fans, right? Then here is a question for you. What do we have to do to get the chases on and James Franco on streaming? <laughs> <laughs> That is that is an awesome question. Um, with that earlier music that sort of predated All American, like like Chases On and James Franco, um, that whole mixtape. The the biggest issue for me is putting it on Spotify would mean also getting sued because oh. the songs are sampled. Oh, so that's yeah. that's been the problem is clearing samples. Um, and I've I've gotten to clear some samples. Like even on my last record, I cleared some samples, and it is. Um, sometimes like almost an unimaginably expensive oh yeah messy process um and it's like i want to deliver those songs to people and i'm i'm a little worried that like if i just alert the people who who do it <laughs> then then like every those songs might be pulled off of all the free places they are now like yeah, soundcloud right. and youtube so every time someone says that i'm just like i know it's inconvenient but like steal the song like i want you to have it, it <laughs> When I released it in 2011, like it was free. It was a free download. So like, uh, I just tell people go to SoundCloud for now. Okay. I take it back. I don't want you to get sued. I know that can be uh, <laughs> it'd be pretty that. expensive. And yeah, even if you don't do it 100% correctly, like your ass will get sued and it'll be fat stacks. And I really don't want that for you. I'm so sorry that it's, I even asked. No, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a question. It's a question I get a lot. And it really makes me be like, this has got to be worth it. Right? Like, but uh, I don't want to get into the business minutia of it. But yeah. let's just say, like, the it, it's hard to clear samples. They they aren't as artist friendly as some other avenues. Mm-hmm. They're just people who own catalogs. They yeah. own copyright. You know. This must be exciting. The fact that you have music from you know whether it was 2019 2016 people are still listening to you, and whether they've grown with you or are still finding you, like you've been a very consistent artist. Are you aware of the scope of your artistry? or Because I know you're independent, so I'm sure sometimes you might ha- run into some independent struggles. But are you aware that like you did the damn thing and you still are doing it? No, uh, no not <laughs> not really. And that's like not me playing a, a character. Like I really am flabbergasted yeah. by 
some of those things. Like I was having a conversation yesterday um, with an artist friend of mine who I view as a peer, but he grew up like as a fan and was like, this is still like weird talking to you because like you're one of the reasons why I started making music. And I'm like, Hey man, shut up. <laughs> Cut that out. It's just, it's just, it's just a little weird to me. Um, Cause it's always felt like I was doing this thing that was very not, I don't even know if you, if the right word is niche, but it felt like it was like a, an underground thing. Like, Hey, I'm not, on the radio or visible in the same way that like other artists are, but like, I've got this thing and I've got this like, like group of people who care so much. And like, that's all I ever needed. And it's sometimes hard to recognize like, yeah, but like some of those songs did spill over into bigger than that. And you have to sort of be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, and who knows now, like TikTok has rebirthed a lot of music. Um, yeah. is that something you're looking to, I know that you are on TikTok, obviously I watch your TikTok live <laughs> game show, yeah, but yeah. are you looking to kind of expand your TikTok use? Like what's your views on that? Um, I love TikTok. I think it's the one platform where you're not just preaching to the choir every day and the same people. And it, I've, I've seen just what it can do for people who really like, it's a great way to showcase your personality or your music mm -hmm. or your story. So I really love where it's at right now. Um, I, th that same conversation I was, I was referring to yesterday, one of the suggestions I got was, Hey man, you should milk some of your older songs a little bit more on TikTok. So maybe I'm going to try to do that. I've really just enjoyed it as a, as a means to somewhat promote music, but also just, if I have a silly idea, like I can shoot this thing and just put it out there. It's just like another sort of creative outlet, yeah. but yeah, may maybe we'll throw up some more no faith in Brooklyn, no interruption <laughs> related TikToks. I'm I'm still waiting to get one that goes over a million uh, a million plays or whatever. I'm like I'm I'm caught right right at that mark. So if if no interruption will do it, then we're gonna we're gonna make some some bangers on TikTok. We're gonna do. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna start using that audio too. I got you. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, but you you could change my life and you wouldn't even know it. That would be sick, honestly. I mean, no, no, not at all. But listen, I don't want to keep you know drawing on the old but why we are talking about it and we are celebrating the 10 year anniversary of all american i am kind of curious because i'm obviously yeah. I, I listen to a lot of episodes or interviews that you've done um and it does come up every interview so <laughs> i'm wondering like what is your relationship with that like do you are you you know obviously it changed your life but at the same time like you are much more than that well thank you uh i mean it i, I appreciate that i i think i'm in the really fortunate position of of being someone who loves my old music still Good. um I mean, you know, there, there are probably certain songs on old records that, um, that I relate to a little bit less, like an like a 18 Cool, which was me sort of reminiscing on like what it was like to be going from like high school to college. Well, I feel, I feel a little bit distanced from that right now, right? Yeah. But just, I, I, even when a song like that, I know what it means to people as sort of a, a time capsule for a piece in their life or for a time in their life. But yeah, I mean... I, I've definitely heard I, myself. I've heard interviews where people are, just hate their they hate their biggest song. They hate the song that people are known for. And if if people know me most for a song like No Interruption, like I love playing No Interruption like that. <laughs> like it goes hard live. Like I I think I'm it still holds up to this day. Like even though it sounds like 2012, like I think hey put that on at a party. Like it's it's still it's still a, a, a great song. So I think in that sense, I never 
I, I never look back at that stuff um, with shame. I'm I'm really more surprised that it, that it has gotten to be uh, to mean anything to anyone. Like that's that's so cool. Wow, that is a wonderful headspace. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I'm in a good mood today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good mood, new music. I've I heard "Call Me" by the way. Definitely more. Oh, call in- me never. Yeah, yeah, call me never. Sorry. Um, t- you know what? Call me was the pa- <laughs> hey. I'm gonna I'm gonna leak it. Call me was the password. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Vimeo password. Don't worry, the, the video's out now. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, dude, that goes hard. Thanks, man. That so I understand. Um, the lead single was definitely like the the most hip hop that we'll see from the project. Is this "Call Me Never"? Is that kind of alluding to the sound that we'll hear on the rest of the record? Um. The way I kind of see it in my mind was, wouldn't that be nice with sort of, because it, it's the first song on the album. It's kind of a a way in as a listener, like the beginning of the story in some sense, because the the album is kind of like a a story from beginning to end, which I, I love when I that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Call Me Never is felt always like, okay, I think people are going to like this one and dance. And like, let me show them that not every song is going to be sad. Even when some of the lyrics are melancholy, like we got that good combination of like, oh, that line is sad, but I'm, I'm bopping my head along to this one. So yeah, Call Me Never is just a little bit more energetic. And I feel like a combination of the energy that people are, are used to from me. I would say the album definitely falls in a, in a place somewhere between, um, somewhere between Wouldn't That Be Nice and Call Me Never. There's like tracks that are a little bit more like alternative rock. There are tracks that are a little bit more like singer-songwritery. And then there's, you know, like uh, the single after this is a song that I wrote with Mark Hoppus. So like you can kind of envision maybe where the the, the landscape for the music is. Yeah. Wow. So one of my favorite um, questions to ask before an album comes out is, is there a specific track that you're really eager to get into the hands of your fans? Um, whew, with like... I, I it's, it feels like a bit of a cheat, but with this album, like kind of every song yeah. feels that way for me um, because I've kept it kind of short. It's it's just going to be eight songs. I didn't want it to to like I, I kind of I don't know trim the fat for the lack of a better expression. Like I wanted it to be a really easy, quick listen that you were like, oh, okay, I gotta. I think I gotta dive back into that again instead of these albums that are like eighteen songs long. Um, and it's like, well, yeah. what an uphill battle to, to even try to start listening to it. But yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say the single that comes after this is probably the, the one that I'm most nervous to put out. And that's mostly just because of, uh, the person who it's about hearing the song. Oh, okay. Okay. Fun. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, that took a different direction. So how are you, if I can ask, how are you going, like, are you going to present it to her or are you just gonna put it out there? And if she hears it, she hears it. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think, I think I'm just going to put it out there and whatever happens, happens. That's the hard, it, I, that's such a weird thing about like art and, and being any type of creator really is like, yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to share some personal stuff online and it's like whatever happens, happens. Yeah, it's it's kind of sometimes I feel like it's our job to be bold and go for it and sort of say, hey, no matter what your personal feelings are, like this music can help somebody or this music can like 
take someone away from a, a bad day they're having. And like, it's not like once you release something into the world, it really isn't about you anymore. Like in a sense, you as the artist, like you lose that special ownership moment where like, this is only mine and it's only on my phone and nowhere yeah. else. Like it, it shifts. And that's a, that's like a healthy morning to, to move it on to everyone's ears. Yeah, it'll make sense when you hear it. Got you. It's not a sad song. I mean, just from a listener's perspective, I think it's really, I, I'm so um, fascinated by the fact that y- you feel that way about something that you're putting out. I feel like that kind of just shows how connected you are to this project. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It's definitely, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it is, um, like, I don't want to say for the first time ever, but there was no part of this where it was like, ah, good, we have the single now, like, that's that's great and we can put that in this bucket and i guess we need to have a song that sounds like this and then you seek to make that out like on this album it just felt like oh i know i'm done because i think the story has been told mm-hmm. i think every every part has been told and now it feels complete and in that sense it's just such a uh like there is a huge connectivity on a personal level because some of those outside goals, like if I was on a label, which I'm not, but hey, we need this type of music. Like I never had to sort of think about that. Yeah. Uh, in the process, you know, artistic freedom, baby, gotta love it. it. Is it is fun, and you know, ultimately, I still write pop songs, so it's not like, hey guys, I went in a really different direction. Like this is a weird project. Like no, like I like writing songs that people will sing along to. So that's yeah. always going to be an element of the music. But um, it's definitely more personal than things in the past. There we go. Well, I'm so excited to see you on tour. Like I said, you're kicking off in Boston. See you in Boston, yes. You've been to Boston quite a bunch. Have you ever yeah. like actually spent time in the city? I imagine because you're from New York. Yeah, I've spent some time in the city. I've never been to Fenway, but we've played at the Boston House of Blues a lot, which is across from yes. Fenway. I don't know as a Yankee fan if I could really go to a game <laughs> unless it was Yankees versus Red Sox. But no, I mean, Boston's great. I've definitely spent a bunch of time there. But it, when you are touring sort of for your traveling living, yeah, you kind of have to go out of your way to have those experiences because it's very easy to sort of stay in the venue or stay in a hotel or on your bus and sort of miss the culture or what it feels like to live in that city. So I try every tour to like, for that beginning part of the day, hey, what would it be like? What would life be like if I lived in Boston? Let me walk around. Let me go get a smoothie. Let me go to this breakfast spot that everyone talks about. And then you go back to show mode and you're back in just the little the little venue area. So when I can do that, it's been a good day. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I we have artists that come in whenever they're on tour in studio and they never get to see Boston. So that's awesome that you're able to make some time for these stops. Has there ever been like a, a spot that surprised you? I got an amazing, I discovered an amazing burrito spot between Minnesota and North Dakota. And I remember whatever was going on that day, I went and got those burritos like three times in the day. So (laughs) probably good I don't live there because that would be uh, a a mess for my stomach. But yeah, I would say the the place that surprised me most, and I always joke with with, uh, people that I want to move there one day, is Omaha. I freaking love Omaha, man. The people are so nice. The shows always sell out, which I guess is part of the part of my affinity for it. But like the the town itself, like there's this like cool vintage candy soda collectible spot that like is in town. I can, vintage stores. I was like, Omaha. I probably anyone from Omaha listening is like, you. Why do you like it here? But I really, I really 
enjoy it a lot. It's like one of my favorite cities. That's so interesting you say that. Um, so I used to have a co-host and she's actually out on tour. Uh, and she always says that her favorite city in the world, and she's like toured Europe and all that, is Omaha, mm-hmm. Nebraska. And there's like a, a zoo there or something that she loves. I've, I guess I got to go to the zoo because I've never, I've never been there before. But I just, I just like the, the people that I've enjoyed. I think I've done a lot of that like, hey, I'm living here, like, let's ride a bike or a scooter or stuff like that. And I think that helps you really get the feel for a city. So um, I'm going to try to do more of that on this tour, uh, starting with Boston in August. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll send you Rex and I will see you on August 3rd at Brighton Music Hall. Hell yeah, man. I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me. 